Welcome to the Future of Risk podcast from Zurich, North America. I'm Renee Koa. We are so excited to be joined by Troy Mullins, world long drive competitor and champion. This year is Zurich's 18th season as host of the Zurich Classic of New Orleans Golf Tournament. And Troy is returning as social media ambassador for the event. Troy, thanks for joining us. Ah, thank you for having me. So excited. So last year was your first as social media ambassador of the Classic. You were sharing insights behind the ropes, so to speak, but not only about the golf tournament, but also about a variety of different adventures in New Orleans. First, can you share any surprises the role held for you last year when you first covered it? Oh, yeah. It was, first of all, it was my first time in New Orleans. Um, so I had a lot of <laughs> food surprises. Um, and it was my first time having an oyster. Um, and I think the biggest surprise was when we visited the gator farm and I held a baby gator. It was terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Wow. Um, but it was it was different than I expected, but seeing, you know, how they raise them and then release them, it was really actually pretty impactful. I thought that was really great. So um, not everyone knows that the Zurich Classic is the only FedEx Cup team event on the PGA Tour. Did you get any new insights in how the game of golf, typically it's an individual effort, changes when people play in a team format? Definitely. It's it's so different. Obviously, when you're playing alone, you're relying on yourself and you do have a partner in your caddy. But having a team partner, it was so fun to see the different dynamics. Some dressed alike, uh, some were totally different in personality, but that lended to their ability to work together. Um, especially with, I think last year, Matt Wolf and uh, Colin Morikawa, two young guys. Um, I loved seeing how, you know, on certain holes, they had different strategies and just being able to rely on another person out there, uh, another player, just, it adds so much to the game. You get to see how they struggle together, how they come together in adversity, but also just working together um, with their camaraderie and, and just joking around, you don't really get to see that. You don't get to see the lighter side of golf. And so I think that was really nice part of the two-man team. That is great. And it adds, I'm sure for them, a level of relaxation that maybe other tournaments um, they don't get. Right. So now what about New Orleans? It was your first time. I Full disclosure, I have never been there. And um, you talked about the Gator Farm. Is that open to the public? It is. It's open to the public. It was across the um, th this very long bridge. I don't remember the name <laughs> of it. But once you get to the other side, it's right there. Um, but yeah, it's open to the public. And I think it's, you know, it, it's, it's cool to see, not just because of the gators and, you know, the experience of holding one and touching them, but, um, you know, learning about respecting nature. And obviously the gator came out to the uh, concession stand last year, but Knowing what to do, <laughs> later. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's that was a really uh, special part of the trip, and it is open to everyone. So I think if you have a chance to to go out to New Orleans, definitely check that out. Is there anything else? Any other advice you'd give to a first time visitor? Well, it was uh, during interesting times last year. It was you know we were in the middle of the pandemic, so. 
I was kind of happy to experience it with less of a crowd. There was still a crowd uh, to get a beignet, so I did not get one at the actual um, <laughs> at the actual spot. I had one on the course, which was nice, but uh, there's just there's just so much amazing food that it's. I think, you know, obviously, if you go spend as much time as you can and empty stomach, have one thing at least from every spot is what I would say. Well, what I gathered from reading about it is that New Orleans has great food, but you're going to eat a lot of first time things when you're there, right? Yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I tried the oyster. And, and to be to be fair, I'm not uh, necessarily a seafood person. My mom has... Uh, <laughs> seafood allergies. So we didn't grow up around seafood just because of that. Um, I'm not even actually sure if I have a seafood allergy. So I was very daring uh, <laughs> <laughs> myself, but um, I survived and it was, it was different. I think, you know, some of the food that was covered in sauce and fried where you didn't really taste what you were actually eating. I think that's, I think that's how they get through it. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, yeah, A to the pole boys are very mm -hmm. popular. So much great food. So, okay, so now looking ahead to the 2022 tournament, you got a year under your belt. What are you most excited about this year? Well, this year, now that it's not new, I've, I get to uh, experience some of the different things like the St. Michael's school visit. We didn't get to do that last year and blessings in a backpack. Um, is something that we'll be covering and how Zurich really is giving back to the community um, and getting to see that firsthand and also participate in that, I think is is going to be special. Yeah, those are two wonderful events that Zurich Classic supports. St. Michael is a school for developmentally challenged, really many ages from children to early 20s. And Blessings in a Backpack, I believe uh, the best way to describe it is that they help feed at-risk school children who depend on school for their meals and are really at risk during the weekends. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 And so this, it's, that's, you know, really what this is about, um, the community and the, just the give back and benefiting this New Orleans you know, and young children. Right, right. So, um, yeah, it's it's great to be a part of that. A aside from, you know, being the social ambassador, this is really what we're here for. You know, Troy, I'm kind of pivoting here because I'm not sure I ever asked you, how did you start playing golf? Um, well, I started uh, probably my senior year of college, but it's hard to say started golfing because I was more of just a, I went to the driving range, right? And I've always had an interest in golfing, but Growing up, neither of my parents golf. We didn't, you know, we weren't country club people. We weren't even driving range people. Um, I was, I did track and volleyball in high school. And in college, I decided to walk on the team as a heptathlete, which is something I trained for the summer before. Um, and so after college, I, you know, I was always interested in golf and my godfather had said, just try it, like, just come out to the range and try it. I fell in love with it the summer before. And, and after college, I just, you know, I, I just, I, I, the easiest way to say it is I was addicted to golf at that point. And I got a job at the driving range just so I could practice and enough people, you know, would come up to me and say, Oh my gosh, you have such a great swing. You should pursue this. And, 
because they made it seem like such a simple thing, I was like, oh, you can just become pro if you're like, you know, you got a good swing. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So <laughs> I went down this, this unknown path, like the yellow brick road, trying to, you know, get to Oz of becoming a professional golfer. And I'm on that path. <laughs> you are. And um, you're not just any kind of driver. You won the world long drive championship in 2017. You were in the, in the top uh, groupings many, for many years, you continue to compete. Um, can I ask you what your longest drive is? Yeah. Uh, so it was the mile high championship and um, it, my longest drive was 402. So I'm still one of only four women in the world to hit it over 400 yards. Thanks mentioning that because I was going to if you didn't and um <laughs> which it's an amazing statistic and for every golfer that is listening to what you just said 402 yards do you have any tips for them on optimizing their drive besides obviously practicing um don't look up <laughs> um no honestly because um before that, I obviously hit the ball really far and um, had had success in long drive. But I just remember uh, it at that specific event, we it started raining. It was just it was such a mentally tough day. The wind was blowing, but it wasn't blowing in our favor. And I really just um, I just stuck to my fundamentals and. Mm -hmm literally just trusted my swing to do what it's supposed to do rather than worrying about um you know the result and i i say that to myself as i should probably do that in all parts of my game all the time but it's very difficult as a golfer to trust yourself so uh i did that and that day and it, and it worked out so just look <laughs> keep your head down and, and trust the swing That's all i can say so just listening to you talk about golf here and in the past and, you know, following your posts, the game I sense um, you feel has given a lot to you. And you said you had an immediate connection, but what are some of the best lessons that you've gotten from golf? Ooh, that's the, I've had so many. Um, I've really grown up. Uh, obviously when you go to college, you think you're grown at 18 and then you realize you come out of college and you're not um, and you're still always finding yourself and I feel every 10 years I take a, a look back at every five I should say at what I've done and where I'm at and um, golf is a special sport in terms of networking and the relationships that are created through golf it's, it's so different than any other uh not only just sport but any other like career or uh um, activity, huh? Exactly. Um, uh, or industry, I would say, okay. because you just, you know, you're connected through a sport, but you would not have otherwise come across, you know, certain people or had any interaction. Um, so I really feel like, um, I've learned a lot in terms of uh, just, you know, relationships, um, with partnerships and, the give back that so many of these partnerships have allowed me to do. And um, also just a lot about myself in terms of 
just how to stay mentally in it, being present. Um, it's a sport unlike any other where you really have to forget, you know, the blunders and it's so hard. Um, but it's it's such a, a wonderful confidence builder. So many things. It's also great exercise. Um, <laughs> <so> <laughs> Fresh <I> air. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, and, and in terms of even obvious, the obvious patience and being patient yeah. with yourself and being allowed to make mistakes. Um, and, you know, taking risks where uh, smart risks, I would say, on the course and the freedom to do that where you don't necessarily want to do that in your own life, but really stepping out on a limb and, and trusting yourself is huge. Well, you know, um, I'd like to expand this to talk about women in golf in general. Uh, golf Digest, an article in September, said that women were the fastest growing segment of the game. In 2020, nearly 25% of golfers were women. But to me, that still seems kind of low. And I wondered what your thoughts on that were. Yeah, it is low. I, I know so many women, especially women that reach out to me about how do they get started. And the problem is once they get started, um, it becomes, you know, too difficult, too intimidating to continue um, or because it's introduced to them in a way that, you know, it makes it not a fun activity um, for some of the same reasons, not, you know, uh, feeling too much pressure. And especially when I started, um, going to the driving range was very male dominated and everybody wants to give you your two sentences like the only woman on the range is like you have a target for unsolicited advice on your back and <laughs> yeah it's um I, I can second that I I <laughs> went to the driving range once with my dad and this person on the bench was laughing at me and I just said, I can't do this. This is, I, you know, I'm not doing this for an audience. So exactly. it is very difficult and intimidating. Yeah. And you're not, you know, you're enjoying the sport just like anyone else, but men, you know, just because we're women want to watch and want to, to have conversation. And I even have conversations with some like LPGA friends or pro friends that say that people will just come up to them while they're practicing. And like, aren't even aware that like, hey, this is my job. This is my work. Um, so I do like, actually, part of what I'm doing now is I'm creating a women driven or women led uh, teaching group and, you know, talking to women about how to practice, how to, you know, ward off this unsolicited advice and how to make golf fun for us, how to golf our own way and feel comfortable doing that and not have, you know, so much male input um, into our game and how do we own it in that way. That's great. And for the record, my father did yell at him, but. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> the um, PGA Tour has also been working hard to introduce golf to a more diverse demographic as well as the underserved. And, you know, kind of speaks to, you can teach a lot of kids how to play, but this can be an expensive sport. And I wondered if you had any insights or suggestions on how to help people sustain their interest as well as their capacity to play. Yeah. So, I mean, part of what my group is trying to do, um, we are trying to reach the demographic one through representation um 
creating a verse, you have to have a diverse group of teachers because, you know, it's so important to see yourself in the sport um, to really want to participate, right? Like have to have a reason like, oh, this person golfs, like, oh, maybe it's actually pretty cool. And it's important that these pros are realistic to, you know, the community that they are teaching because like myself, like I didn't have access to a country club and I had to work, you know, I started my own tutoring business to be able to afford to play, to be able to afford range balls. And so giving people tools to practice on their own, practice at home, practice when they're, you know, sitting down at their desk. Like there's so many ways um, to really connect with people and connect them with how to, how to practice this game um, in a different way. And not many, I think so many people are connected to the sport from such a different perspective that they forget that, that they forget um, really how to make the game accessible in ways that like, you can't just expect the player to go practice on the course every day. Um, a difficulty in trying to make this sport for everyone. But I think, um, I think the sport is going to change. So we're already seeing a change, but I think with top golfs and more activities like that where they have indoor golf now um it is becoming not necessarily less expensive but more akin to like bowling where more people are gonna go um and learn the sport through a different means Troy, is your group did you have a website or is this uh going yeah, to so it's called <laughs> i, I yeah. don't know if i left it but yeah it's called play within the rules and um, right now it's four female pros. Erin um, Hess is a long driver. Susan Choi uh, is a teaching professional, a junior golfer. She was also on the big break. And Jenny Lee, uh, who is a Symmetra Tour European Tour player. Um, but really the group is called Play Within the Rules, which is we uh, abbreviate to power, P-W-R. Um, we're on Instagram right now. Um, but really the point is, play because we want to keep the game fun uh remind people that it is a game <laughs> a lot of us take it so seriously but even playing games with how you practice how you play um we want to target women and juniors um especially juniors in the community that are under-resourced but um make golf attractive again and fun and uh show them that you know we're four players four professionals that approach the game so differently and how important it is for you to be able to find your game your way how however you want to play it that's okay and so you go to the driving range on your own with a renewed confidence that like oh if somebody comes up to you you know you can tell them like i play the game my own way i play it within the rules and don't bother me. <laughs> You're basically taking your power. Um, yeah, and so it's it's all of what you're saying and, and really trying to reach communities that golf can benefit because, you know, it's, it's a sport that even if you don't play at a professional level, you learn so much from. And um, you don't want women missing out on networking opportunities through their their businesses and their corporations because they miss out on these, you know, 
the little Monday scrambles that the men get to enjoy, uh, we should definitely have more women's presence. Absolutely. And um, golf continues to be a very important part of a lot of business relationships in a wonderful way. And this really does invite more people to that table. Yeah. So I want to go back to something you said about taking risks on the golf course, because I wondered if you found there's a connection between learning to navigate risk when you're playing golf and taking that and navigating risk in your professional life. Are there lessons there for business people? Definitely. Um, I feel like career-wise, I take risks all the time. <laughs> um, when I, you know, starting back from high school, when I I decided actually that I was no longer going to be an athlete, a student athlete, I had, you know, said I was going to UPenn, that was it, track was over. Um, but a friend of mine that was on my team, my track team at in high school was already at Cornell and she's like, oh, you're going to be crazy not to, you know, continue running. And um, so I, you know, reached out to the coach and obviously I would have to walk on on the, as the, on the team. And so, you know, they had an opening for a heptathlete. And obviously as a short sprinter, not knowing the other six events, I was like, well, what are they? And so, um, you know, I, I look at challenges as kind of they're exciting um yes you're taking a risk and going in a different direction but uh there is something exciting about learning something new and being open to that and um not necessarily being prepared to fail but being prepared to walk through the doors that end up opening for you when you take a risk um and with golf um again, it's risk reward, right? Like there are risks that you want to take. Obviously you don't want to go for every pin and, and <laughs> hit driver on every hole. Um, but there are risks that, you know, will open the door to success, uh, in, in very similar ways. And, um, I think it is scary in careers to think like, Oh, I can't do this because of all of the downfalls, but honestly, the world works in such a way sometimes that when you are prepared um, and you just take that leap of faith, doors will open. Was Speaking of risks, was it risky for you to become an influencer or was that, that something that just evolved? Um, I would say I am more of a, uh, <laughs> quote, person with influence. <laughs> I don't quite see myself as an influencer because I, I built a brand, let's call it, a, right? Um, sure. I built my brand based on my real life, like based on this journey of, of risk, you know, like coming out of college, I, I wanted to be an ambassador to China. I thought I was going to work in government. I thought I was going to be a lawyer and I took a risk to go down this path of trying to become a professional golfer with really no knowledge of what it looks like at the end of this road. And since then, I've gotten into broadcasting, I've gotten into long drive. Um, and while on social media, yes, it looks like an influencer, I'm really just sharing an honest journey and story of what I'm doing and, um, and journaling, I guess, through videos and pictures, uh, what it looks like to take a chance at something different. Um, 
and inspire other people to take those chances too, which it sounds like with play within the rules, especially. Yeah. And it's Case in point. <laughs> exactly. Like there was a time where, um, you know, as with anything, you wonder, are you doing the right thing? And uh, a few years ago, I was, I start, I started a tutoring business. I had no idea that, you know, I, I knew I liked kids and working with kids, but, um, you know, my math and science from high school that I was, you know, super into then um, transferred over to teaching it to kids. And I, you know, while it was a job to pursue the golf, I really, it was really my outlet. Um, I loved it. I love connecting with kids. And then when I would share my story about the golf and even sometimes when I was feeling like, gosh, I'm just going to, you know, go another direction and not golf anymore. Um, they really were encouraging and they were almost like propelled by my story and it like propelled me to do it more. And so like it worked out that way. Uh, and I guess, yeah, it's cool now to see that, you know, I'm inspiring others to want to take up the game or even pursue whatever they are, you know, looking into and want to do. Now, Troy, I'm going to ask you um, a more prosaic question about golf. Um, because a lot of people play on a business level and it's one thing to look bad with your friends, but when it's an, a client or your boss or maybe even a rival colleague, what advice do you have when someone is in the middle of possibly the worst round of golf they've ever played in their life? <laughs> you don't necessarily want to impress somebody, but you don't want to look stupid either. So do you have any advice for those situations? Oh, gosh. I, you know, we've all had, all pros can say there's been a time where they looked, I guess, stupid um, <laughs> or you felt like you did. Um, but golf is so humbling. Honestly, it's even if you played the best round of your life, like you just can't take it too seriously. And and I think because everybody's been through that struggle, a little of honesty of, you know, hey, I'm just starting or gosh, like, you know, I haven't really had time to practice. Most people will laugh at a bad shot, but you have to learn to laugh at yourself too. So um, <laughs> that's good know, advice. Yeah. Like be able to laugh at yourself. This is a ridiculously difficult game. Um, and then even when you think you have the hang of it, like the golf gods will laugh at you and <laughs> put your ball in a divot. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like, even that, like, even if you're about to shoot 67, like I would say, just be prepared that three bad things are going to happen to you in any round and just count it down and it's okay. It happens. <laughs> and do you have any advice when you're the colleague or the customer and your partner is really struggling? Yeah. You know, there's ones that like want to play and keep playing and then they just hit like 30 shots on one hole and so to those kind of colleagues i would say hey you know what four shots maximum pick your ball up take it to the to the green and no pouting obviously you're outside you're privileged enough and and blessed enough in your life to be able to be out on the golf course um and if it's just not a serious round, you know, you can't take it too seriously. So don't, no temper tantrums, no pouting. Um, you know, most people in business, hopefully, uh, don't have enough time to practice. So you really can't be that hard on yourself. 
That is wonderful advice. And Troy, with that, I think I want to thank you so much. We are really looking forward to your posts during Zurich Classic Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be a great event this year. I'm so looking forward to it. I'm praying for great weather, and I'm happy that uh, I'm going to try more food and be more adventurous, so we'll see. And there are gators on the course, so you'll know what to do. And hopefully tell everybody else what not to do. (laughs) So watch out for that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again. Thank you. Future of Risk, presented by Zurich North America. If you like the show, we'd appreciate it if you left a comment or review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Let us know what you think at media at zurichna.com and join us next week.